what really gets my dick hard is Hi, this is Wayne Summers. I'm the guy who returned the Master of Puppets backdrop to Metallica in 2015, and you're listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. Welcome to Middle of Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And this is episode number 90. Wow. I'm getting up there. Yeah. 90. Nine, nine <laughs> I want to do the year thing. I feel like we say work. that every episode now. Man, we're know. getting up there. Man, we're really getting up there. Are we just, uh, some of our listeners are like, are they going to say this every fucking episode? No, no. All right. We'll try it again. Welcome to Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And this is episode 90. We're talking about Metallic Videos. This is part three of our video series. And uh, this week we're going to be going through uh, some load reload era stuff, saying anger, and uh, yeah, there's some uh, there's some gems in here. Yeah. There's some well, questionable stuff, but we'll get we'll into get it into later. It. We'll get yeah. into it. We'll get into as it as we always do. Yeah, we will. First of all, if you're joining us for the first time, we are an all Metallica podcast. Ethan and I are two touring musicians who find some time once a week, most times, to take time to set aside time to find time to talk about our favorite yeah. metal band most of the time we Metallica f- try to find time yeah. if we can find if time if we're parsing time then time and time again sometimes there's no time for it well sometimes you run out of time I mean I want to go to Bed Bath & Beyond but there's no time <laughs> well some I want to go back in time but that to back when I was in my prime gotta but. get back in time <laughs> So anyway, yeah, we find time. We talk about Metallica. We're gonna. We've been covering everything. We've been on like a journey forever. It seems like. Yeah, it's been a while. And uh, yeah, we've covered. Uh, we, we're kind of doing seven to eight videos at a time. For me, that's a little bit all I can digest in one sitting. That's a lot of videos. I so mean, Metallica we, made a lot of videos after once they made the one video. Then the Black Album hit. It's like they've just been like a video making machine ever since then. And some of the trues consider that a betrayal, right? Because they were this anti-video band that then sort of became known for their video. The '90s was a big video era for them. Very, oh, very much so. Yeah, but I mean, there's a, there's a lot of content to cover in all their videos with all these records. I mean, God, when we get to Hardwired, Hardwired alone might be two parts. There's a video for every song. Well, we just really want to take it seriously and talk about it. Some, yeah. you know, for some people it's too much. For some people it's too little. We don't know. We're just talking about it the way we'd like to. Because we have time. Because there's because time is on our side. How many the, time we got the time tick 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 in our head. <laughs> tick 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 tock. Frant tick tick tick. There tick, are some talk. people who are listening for the first time who've already decided to stop listening. That's yeah, okay. they're like, you know, this is not the Metallica podcast for me. Speaking of story, it is. Here's the deal. Before we get into the videos, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. As usual, if you like the show, unlike those who have already left, which is totally fine. Where are you? But if you do like the show, you consider go leaving us a positive review on iTunes. Goes a long way. It's not not just for our egos. There are a lot of Metallica podcasts to choose from, and we thank you for uh, flying Southwest. And I feel like I went right into an airline pitch. You really right there. did, yeah. Please bring your seat back to the upright and locked exactly. position. Here, 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 and here. We know you have a choice when you fly. And we appreciate you choosing Southwest. Fly the fly the friendly skies. I'm always like, um, I didn't choose it. Uh, my tour manager did. I have no choice in this matter. However, I, I, if I had to choose, I, I normally domestically choose Southwest because free check baggage. Free check baggage. That's, they're still holding on to that. I, I don't think they'll ever get rid of that. 
because there's other airlines right now that are starting to up their fees for checked baggage, which to me is bullshit. The, here's the deal. As a musician, Southwest is the best because they allow you to check bags for free, which otherwise it's 25 bucks for the first and then 35 for the second yeah, one. So shit. that can really yeah, add sucks. up. Secondly, every plane in a Southwest flight is going to be a jumbo jet. Yeah. So you never have to worry about your guitar fitting because some American and United and Delta they had tiny planes. Yeah, that American Eagle, people. right? Uh, the, the little short hopper flights, you know. And you walk in the plane, they're like, "I'm sorry, sir, you can't bring that guitar on the plane. Right. I have to check it." Right. My trick is you get on the plane before they even can tell you you can't fit it on the plane. You walk on, be very polite, say, "Hi, ma'am, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you doing? Hey, do you got some room in your coat closet for this?" And most of the time, they're like, "Oh, you know about the closet? Here you go. Yes, we do." Your last line of defense, and it always works, at least it has for me, is just talk to the pilot. Like, hey, can I talk to El Capitan up there? And they'll 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 smirk at you. Not all the time. Sometimes they're like, of course. But sometimes they're, they're like, oh, you want to talk to the pilot? You have the right to talk to the pilot. Right. And the, whatever the pilot says goes. Right. So I've actually had, you know, I've had them telling me, we can't accommodate your guitar. And me saying, well, I'm not going to get on the plane if you can't. And them saying, well, we're going to leave you. It's like, well, can I talk to the pilot? Pop your head in. Hey, man. You know, this is what I do for a living. It's in a soft bag. It's not in a hard case. If you guys put this under the plane, it's going to destroy my instrument. Yeah. Can you help me solve this problem? He solved it in like two seconds. He's like, dude, of course. If if it doesn't fit in the closet, then just put it here behind my seat. Leave it up here. We'll we'll jam on. He the literally the put it behind his seat in the cockpit. Amazing. I was arguing with like the you know the liaisons there for thirty minutes. He right. solved the problem immediately. Yeah. So that's the la- your last defense. Talk to the pilot. Talk to the pilot. I don't know how we got on this tangent, but if you like the show even more than leaving an <laughs> iTunes review, you can go over to the Patreon. You're going to hear a little bit about that later. We love our patrons so much. They make so much about what uh, is cool about this show possible. And we got some new ones this week. And at the very bare minimum, we want to give a shout out. So of here course. are our new patrons. Our new patrons are Charlie Lane, one of my favorite names, Big Danny Cool. Big Danny Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Big Danny Cool. Hey, it's me, Big Danny. I, uh, yo, it's me, Big Danny Cool. Uh, hey! Hey, you've, you've called my hotline. You want to go out on a date or something? I'm what Big Danny mean, Cool. What do you mean, no? I'm Big Danny Cool. I'll take cool. you out to a ni- nice pasta place. Someone go to Sabaro for some, for some pizza. I'll take you to a wonderful pasta place. My mother's. She makes the best pasta. Uh, original recipe, great, straight from my great-grandmother. From Sicily. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, James Fairbairn. Fair, that's an interesting spelling. James F- Fairbairn. 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 Uh, Johan Hansson increased his pledge. Awesome. Thank you. Very nice. And Andrew uh, uh, Kowaleski. Kowaluski? Kowaleski. Kowaluski. However you say it. Thank However you guys you it. so much Andrew for becoming Jones. patrons. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much uh, for your for your, your, your patronage, for, uh, for Johan, for increasing your pledge. It means a lot to us. It goes a long way. It helps us maintain this podcast. We, there's a lot of expenses involved, and uh, we can't thank you enough. It really means a lot to us. He right. Oh, I'm right. We're also on the socials, on Instagram. We do all these live things by we. It's mostly me, but... We do live. It's yeah, we do live stuff. It's on mostly there. Clint. I'm usually out driving for Lyft, and then like I'll be in between rides. Um, I'll be checking Instagram, whatever. else. like, Melbourne podcast started a live video. Yeah, it's Clint again. It's Clint. Drunk on a bus. I could. Here, this might be fun. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it would work. I could start a live video while lifting around Nashville, picking up passengers. And you would just see me interacting with passengers, which could get real weird on the weekends when all the bachelorettes are in town. Yeah, it sounds like taxi cab confessions. I can try it. 
For uh, Nashlorette parties, as they're called Nashlorette. You know, there's a new show on CMT coming out called Bachelorette Weekend, which is going to be so good, of course. Of course. It's got to be good, right? Let me, I'll be sure and set my VCR. Yeah, I'm going to go when that was the thing? my TiVo. Yeah, you could remember when you could set your VCR to record a certain time? It was like... I loved it. It felt like living in the future. Oh, man. It was like the Jetsons. We, I felt like we were living in the fucking future. I know. It really was. Well, back when we had time to set our VCRs, we're, we're also on Twitter and Facebook and Spotify and YouTube. We have a great website, metalupyourpodcast.com, where you can see pictures of us and learn more about us and hear our EP and buy some merch with t shirts and buttons and, and there's stickers. There's links to other podcasts we've been on. Links to other podcasts. There's so many of them. How many? Two, three? Oh, okay. Are we, I, lost, I lost count. I can't even make that many meatballs. <laughs> it's not for lack of trying, Joyce. I, I tried to make that many meatballs. I, I failed. Best. There's a lot of people to feed. I failed to make that many meatballs and sauces it, to go with the balls. Everyone's hungry. Everyone's hungry. Jesus. It's a good meatball. It's a good meatball. Okay. Uh, Our Paul shirts. The Paul shirts are Paul still shirts, for sale, yeah. but the campaign's ending. I think it's, it's like three more days. So uh, you're hearing this episode today uh it might be two days when you hear this episode so if you want the paul shirt uh phonetically it says paul paul so if you want the shirts 18 bucks our friends at everpress we've partnered with they're printing the shirts that includes shipping it's a great deal it is a great deal yeah. go check it out why would you not do that these are always like these special edition metal up your podcast t-shirts we're making are going to be so fun to wear around to the tour this fall and this winter mm-hmm because you will definitely yeah. know your tribe when you see a Paul oh, shirt yeah. in, the, in the wild. Oh, yeah. Um, we have a new bonus series called Metal Tales from the Road. You're going to hear that episode probably simultaneously. Yeah, this. if you haven't noticed, uh, our first installment of that has released at the same time as this. And uh, we're not sure which one you listen to first, but our first guest is Sarah Sobeck, a longtime listener of the show, a new friend of the podcast. Sorry, old friend of the podcast. Now an old friend of ours. We love her to death. She mm-hmm. uh, shared all her insight from the Madison show, the first show back for the boys on the North American tour. So uh, if once you're done listening to this episode, go check that out. It's the first installment. I think you're going to like it. And we're going to cover a bunch of the shows. We're going to have patrons call in and give their perspectives like yeah. Sarah did. It's going to be really cool. The last thing I wanted to say is I got to meet Darren Edwards for coffee this week, who is a listener of the show. He is an Australian who lives in Sweden. Who lives in where? Sweden! That just scared the cat. You just, Kit, Kit you, Fox. You just scared Patrick's cat. Is it Kit, now he's, Kit Fox? Kit Fox. Now he's licking his paw. Uh, anyway, he does... Hey, Kit Fox. Sweden! Yeah, he's wow, out. He's gone. Away. He just went upstairs. <laughs> Darren does like marketing and publicity for like big rock bands like Slayer and Stone Sour. He was in town. I got to have coffee with him. Just wanted to shout out to him. Awesome. Real sweet dude. Real cool dude. Very cool. All right. The last thing we're going to do before we jump into these music videos is we're going to read some emails from the Metal Up Your Podcast family. You can send us an email at metalupyourpodcastshow.com. MetalPodcastShow at gmail.com. Excuse me, I left that Gmail. I mean, you can send us a message at metalpodcast.com. There's a link for it. It'll go into a black hole um, known as the dark, deep state web. Yeah, exactly. It's metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. About the last episode, about your favorite episode, questions you have for us, really anything you want. We choose five a week. Let's check in on the emails. I'm down. All right, our first email is from Ashley Large. She says, hey guys, um, I'm a metal muso from Australia and mostly uh, black and puppets in various 
other eras. Uh, Metallica fan. A couple of things I really appreciate about your podcast is the technical info that you guys bring. Get, uh, studio stuff, music theory, gear stuff, um, but also band life stuff. Nice to hear that you both identify with studio and tour life. It adds an extra dimension to the show for sure. Uh, thanks for your time and a killer show, Ash. Hey, thank you, Ash. I also should have read that in an Australian accent. I'll just end it in an Australian accent. Thanks for your time and killer show, mates. Ash. <laughs> Dingo just ate me baby. I just got done uh, eating, a, eating a good meal at HJ's and called Hungry Jack's. No, it was really sad because that was one of my favorite babies. That was real good. <laughs> <laughs> Our next email, maybe even a couple of them, are actually from... We've had a lot of Australian participation recently. Hey, I'm totally down. So a lot of you up... In fact, I think Australia's in our... Our third highest market. It's, yeah, it's one of our higher markets. It's awesome. Now, here's what I want to say. I, I've been thinking about this. Okay. In our top Do 10 tell. highest listened uh, markets, it may surprise you and maybe some of our listeners out there to know that Japan is in the top 10. Japan. Tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of downloads. We've never gotten a single email from Japan. Where are my, where are my Japanese homies and homegirls Yo, at? Yo, listen, I've been to Japan. Did you just go into Rocky? Yo. No, I, I didn't, but I can't. Hold on. Is hey. Rocky here? Hey, yo. Uh, Hold on. Hey, uh, Mr. Balboa, are you here? Hi, my name is Rocky Balboa. Oh, nice to meet you. Oh, oh, really? What's up, man? How, hey, Rocky. Dude, how, how are you doing, man? No, 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 Adrian's not here. Who's Adrian? It's Adrian? And Paul? Um, no, listen, uh, it's, it's been, it's pushing 10 years, but I, I've been to Japan. I've been to um, Tokyo, Osaka, and Nagoya. It's a wonderful country filled with wonderful people, amazing food. It's, it's. No it's, doubt. It is one of the places in the world I've been to where I landed and, and like got out into Tokyo and I was like, oh my God, this is like nothing i've ever seen mm. it's an amazing place i hope you get to go one day it's so cool <laughs> so listen if you like the show and you're in japan shoot us an email we'd love to hear from you i've just surprised never heard from him yeah. now moving on another Austra- you, another australian listener charlie lane a new patron by the way thank you thank you charlie charlie says hey ethan and clint i'm charlie 16 and from melbourne australia g'day found your podcast in the music section of the podcast column on spotify Great to know that there are people who geek out about Metallica just as much as me. I listen to your podcast every night while I fall asleep and on the bus to work. So you fall asleep on the bus to work? Maybe their job is sleeping. God, I would love that job. (laughs) Fall asleep on your way to work. Sounds like a great job. Uh, Charlie says, my question for you is, do you think that if Hetfield hadn't gotten sober that we would still have the angst-ridden music and attitude that they had back in the 80s up until the Black Album? Or do you think we wouldn't even have a Metallica? Keep up the podcast, blokes. Really enjoy it. Cheers. Hmm. Um, my initial thought on that, I think if he had not gotten sober, I don't know if we would have a Metallica. Yeah. I would, I would, I would venture to say that like they might have broken up at this point. He might have blown it up. Um, yeah. I still think there's angst in their music today. It's a different kind of angst. Mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of the angst back in the day was necessarily like alcohol driven. Um, I think it was still from his heart and from a, from a deep place. Um, maybe alcoholism intensified it. But I mean, there's still angst and aggression in their music. I mean, in my opinion, you listen to Hardwired and there's there's stuff that 
Well, their record in t- 2003 was called Saint Anger. That's true. Saint Anger. It's a pretty angry record. Yeah, it is. But, you know... Um, I understand the question. I, mean, I, I do, too, for sure. But I think that... Uh, I do think if he hadn't gotten well, they probably would have broken up. I think so, too, yeah. And I think that... I, th- I think maybe... Let's say he wasn't an alcoholic and he could still drink and stuff. They just... You get older, man. You just mellow out. You get better at some things. You get yep. better at being in relationships, being a band yep. member. I think they might... I think they'd still be together, you know? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think as far as, like, the angst and kind of attitude of a, a lot of their newer stuff... I think that that heart and soul is still there with Hetfield. It's just coming from a different place now, yeah. a different perspective. He's a father, and he's a father. He's sober. He's a right. husband. You know, he, he's a very simple man nowadays. Nowadays, so uh, I, yeah, sure, things would be way different. But um, that's a great question, nonetheless. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Uh, Rob Cook is our next email. He says, "Hey, brothers," spells it B R U T H A S. <laughs> Just for clarification. <laughs> they were wondering how he might spell it. Well, you know, I said brothers. <laughs> um, all right, fine. Hey, brothers. <laughs> there you go. Uh, just catching up on uh, the podcast and have been out of the loop for a bit on episode 85. Love the Kirk Hammett guitar episode. Joyce was very informative. Joyce was very informative. She loves Joyce. Joyce is a hit, I think. Thank she you. She has knowledge. Thank you. Thank you. So nice of you. It's so kind to say those words. It really touches my heart, pulls oh, up my heart love strings. Love it, love it. Uh, topic, topic of this email is, is nothing groundbreaking, but just wanted to share that after finding myself listening at full volume to Reload from beginning to end for the first time in years, it's a pretty cool album. Uh, I've never really appreciated it uh, before uh, and have been a classic first four album guy, but it's a great album. Wow, this is a breakthrough right here, Clint. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's all really nice to be back on the train and waiting for the UK stadium days to drop. Peace out, Rob. See, if you can get someone from a uh, never listen to Reload or Load, if you can get them from that to a, eh, it's yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. The, the kind of high voice is kind of yeah. indicative of it, the conviction right. level sort of correlates to that. Yes. Eh, pretty, pretty good. But if you can get someone from I hate it, it's a total betrayal. They let me down. They let the world down. They let the children down. Right. If you can get someone off that ledge, even to uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, that's, that's I think good. that our we've done the good deed. We've you know, done we've, the work. we've done we've done our work. Yeah, we've and I consider it. I consider Rob a new frontline warrior in the great battle of the loads. <sighs> I'm proud of him. I'm proud <laughs> I'm, of Rob. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of us. I mean, I feel like you're you're kind of the the. You are definitely like the the, the 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 captain of load reload era. Yeah, I'm the super. I'm the gladiator. Yeah, you were the general. Yes, you know, onward, onward. Yeah, soldiers. and you just got a new soldier. Well, God knows, I love that. Yeah, one of the unsullied, yeah, Sergeant Rob Cook. <laughs> I think there's a bright future for you here hey, in the load army. Hey, Rob, Semper Fi, brother. Hey, Rob. <laughs> uh, Brady Trantham writes, "Hey, hope you guys are doing well. Just wanted to let you both know." that I've been inspired by the growth of your show and that I've started my own podcast on the band Ghost. He says, me and a friend who also loves Ghost started one called Podcast Emeritus. So, Do you know that reference? Well, they call the Pope Pope Emeritus. That's his... Okay. I don't know much about Ghost. That's why I'm asking Yeah, Tobias, the main singer, plays this anti-Pope guy and he's Pope Emeritus, but then there's like different versions of him. There's like version one and two and three and now he's version zero... It's a whole to-do. It's a honey. It's a to-do. It's a to-do. Don't ask unless you got some time because it's a whole to-do. <laughs> uh, Brady goes on to say, he says, it'll be on Apple Podcasts next week, hopefully. 
We have four episodes recorded and on the YouTube page, which is Brady Trantham. He says, I just wanted to give you guys credit where credit's due. We've invested in some equipment to up the quality of the show and have plans to make the show larger. I know you both have some familiarity with ghosts and just wanted to let you guys know one exists. By the way, the offer's still on the table if you guys come to Tulsa for the Metallica show. Beers on me and my pal. Uh, That's cool that we've inspired Brady to uh, start his own podcast about ghosts. And Ghost's such a cool band. And Yeah. I would definitely love to hear some diehards talk about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Brady, can I give you a nickel's worth of free advice? Um, Only thing I'll say is, as far as YouTube's concerned... I would go ahead and start a page that is just uh, that is titled with you know according to the podcast, rather than your personal page. That's just a suggestion, only because if someone let's say they want to listen to your podcast but they don't, they're not down with like Overcast or Apple Podcasts. They're like, I wonder if it's on YouTube. They might search for it and maybe they'll find it, but it'd be a lot easier to find if you had right. if you had a podcast page called Podcast Emeritus. And he might have just said they have have it floating on his personal page just to like test it out or something. Yeah, sure, and that's fine. That's totally fine. But yeah, but I would say in the long run, create a whole YouTube page just for this thing. Brand, get a branding iron. Yes, from a local cattle ranch. I don't know where. I think he lives in Oklahoma. Actually, there and, might there uh, might be some cows out there. <laughs> and sear it in. Yeah, just whatever you do, sear, sear brand yourself like a searing cattle prod. Yes, cattle iron prod. Exactly. Thing. Uh, but congrats on the podcast, man. We can't <laughs> totally. wait to listen to it. I don't even, I don't even really, I've never really dipped into Ghost, but I, oh, dude. I, I will check it out. Dude. I'll check out the podcast. Okay, cool. One more email. All right, next email is from Stuart McGill. It says, hey guys, greetings from Australia. Wow, here we go again. All right, Mike, here we go. Uh, just a quick note to say that I'm, I've really enjoyed the podcast. I drive, uh, drive a van for a... Are a you li- doing it in the accent or not? Are you slipping in and out of there? Sorry. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> greetings from Australia. Just a quick note to say that I'm really enjoying the podcast. I drive a van for a living, and I'm always looking for things to keep me entertained whilst on the road, so I was thrilled to find many episodes of one of my uh, my favorite topics in the world. I found it via Spotify. Oh, crikey. That's great. We're on there. A week ago, (laughs) I found on Spotify a week ago, I already played through around 10 episodes. Thanks thanks very much for for going to all the effort to create something so awesome. One question for you blokes. Uh, (laughs) I almost got through the whole thing. Uh, What is in the delicious, refreshing, icy cold drink you guys are constantly swirling around in your glass? I'm thinking a nice iced tea, coke, and maybe just a water. Might be a great opportunity for a sponsorship in the future. Ha ha. All the best. Keep up the great work. We are working on a sponsorship from water. Yeah. Um... That's, but the clinky, I will say this: it looks like water. But the clinky, clinky, icy, crunchy—that's old school. That's, that's old school. Metal Group podcast. That's that's that you, we 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 got rid of that pretty. There, early there was time like Clint uh, in early in the early days, back in the old days. The trues know this. Back in the old days, Clint uh, had a habit of like uh, chewing ice in the microphone. Uh, we we moved on past that. Uh, you might hear that sound a lot. Mm. We try to be a little more mindful of it. Pick up the glass slowly. Take a little sip. That was exaggerated slurping, but yes. No more of this. Right. But, um, yeah, um, I'm sorry to say that it's, it's not water or iced tea or coke. Someone, someone tweeted at us recently like, hey, I love the show, but, uh, you know, you guys got to quit saying totally, so, like something like that, you know? I'm totally not going to do that. And it was like, man, you have so far to go, like on the journey. He hadn't oh, even, someone that's like early on Like in the he show. hadn't even met 
all he hadn't met Paul Paul or Dave. <laughs> he hasn't met anyone yet. There's going to be somebody at some point that listens that gets into the show and they're on like episode seven and they're like, "Oh, that impression of Dave saying is stupid. Don't ever do it again." Well, guess what? You're in for a, too late. Yeah, it's not <laughs> happening. Sorry. (laughs) Well, it's as simple as that, folks. Thank you to all of you for the emails. We appreciate all of you who take the time to write in. And even if we don't read them on the show, we answer them personally. We're very grateful for everyone who's on on the ride with us. Let's get out of the email corner. I'm out of here. Hey, this is Ethan and Clint from Metal Up Podcast, and we want to talk to you about something we love called Patreon. That's right. Patreon is a way for fans of the show to give back to the show to donate money that uh, helps us in quality and content. And not only that, but we've actually come up with all sorts of fun incentives to give back to you for supporting the show. Exactly. For instance, if you donate $5 or more, you get access to Cover Our World Blackened which is the official Metal Up Your Podcast Metallica cover EP. That's right, and that's the only way to get it. In addition to the EP, we also give you priority email access, meaning we'll read your email first on the show. We give you early access to Patreon-exclusive merchandise, Patreon-exclusive giveaways, and any other side projects that you and I might be involved in. There's all sorts of things you can look at on there and you can donate to. Go check it out, patreon.com slash Podcast. How do you spell that, Clint? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. And if you really think about it, $5 a month for an entire year, that's really just like a cup of coffee a month. So go check it out. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Adios. All right. Music videos. Videos part three. Here we go. We have really been going through these. We have literally been going through these. (laughs) We are literally going to talk about... More videos. <laughs> that is literally true. Got it. Literally, almost. Now the died. next one in the series is, of course, turn the page. Of course, it is. Why wouldn't it be? It's 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 the next logical step in the video series. I was thinking to myself, what other video could it be? And of course, it was this one. I the mean, why lo- would you not do a cover song? Why wouldn't you do a whole record of cover songs? I mean, it's like, okay, let's let's just think what video is next. How about a Bob Seger cover? I love Bob Seger. Bob Seger, he's so good. He just, he's such he, an everyman. He's man. got the saxophone. And, oh, he it's wrote so that good. lovely song, Is It a Woman, Is It a Man? Oh, who, who cares? I don't care. It's 2018. I say, who cares? Maybe it's a man woman. I don't care. It's be, be who you want to be. You that, pretend it doesn't bother you. That's but how the it, choice is But feel. you still want to explode. <laughs> With a saxophone. <laughs> All right, turn the page. So we all know the 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 first single. I believe it was the first single from Garage Inc. Yep. Kind of capitalizing on the Bob Rock sound of Load and Reload. It was a great sounding recording. Oh yeah, very good. Most people kind of know that song, but it was cool to hear this kind of dark uh, version of it. Now the video, pretty creepy as a kid. I got to say, as an adult, it's even creepier. I do love the so all the footage of. Not the band. Yeah. Uh, when the hotel room with her daughter, all yep. that stuff. Yeah. It's got a great 80s, not VHS look, but a very it's gritty. Dated, it's very gritty. Yeah. Um, that was one of my notes was it had a great 80s look. It's it, direct. It, right. It yeah. does. It, it, it was, they did a good job of making it, making it like a, a period piece almost. It was directed by uh, Jonas Ockerlund. Ockerlund. Formerly, who was in the Swedish black metal band Bathory. In the early 80s. Whose logo you probably couldn't read. The metal has a kind of tradition of have like those white logos over black that are like in, like Cannibal Corpse. I'm thinking, metal does, but, but mostly when you get into black it's metal. It's like black metal shit, yeah. You can't, okay, so uh, 
It's like a hallmark of the band that you can't figure out who they are. At one point, uh, it was probably, I don't know, a few weeks back, but um, I had uh, posted a photo on Instagram or something, but it was was last winter because all the leaves were gone off the trees here, and I just posted a photo of all the trees in my backyard, just like the skeleton of the trees. I posted a photo of it, and I was like, Trying to find the black metal logo in, in this <laughs> right. in this photo. It's like a Where's Waldo. Exactly. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. Is that amputated treehouse? No, dude, <laughs> that's tilted squirrel meat. Tilted squirrel meat. Yeah, you come up with some. Is that angel frosted death? No, dude, angel that's torpedo. Death. That's torpedo mouth, man. Oh well. Look up at your. If you live in an area of the country where the leaves fall off the trees, just go. Just where the leaves fall off the trees. It didn't in California. They're called evergreens. <laughs> and you don't know this? You don't know this? Is that all they have in California is evergreens? Is that the York, only tree there? They, they fall off the trees and it's just skeletons. Honey, there's a variety of trees. In California, it's just like green all the time. It's a desert, but there's green trees. In Washington, the evergreen state, that's why they call it that. Perennials. But just glance up at the trees in if you're in a state where the leaves fall off the trees. And it's a fun game. It's a fun you metal can, game. You can just get a hammock, lay out in the backyard, glance at the trees, the and just find, find metal logos. Well, he was in that band in the <laughs> 80s. He also directed some of my favorite shit, though. He directed Ray of Light by Madonna. It's a good video. Which I love that record and that video. And that video won a Grammy for Best Video. He did Smack My Bitch Up by Prodigy. And he worked on commercials for clothing retailers, Dell Computers... He currently holds the record, I think, with one other person for most MTV Video of the Year awards. He has seven of them. Good for him, That's man. cool. Way to go, Jonas. 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 Auckland. Oh, my name is Jonas Auckland. He's in the Auckland-Hausen. So I have so many awards on MTV. And I keep my awards on the mantle till the mantle fell down because it was so heavy because I was so popular. And for some reason, uh, they don't send me any uh, awards anymore. Are they not playing music anymore? <laughs> I've never, I don't know what's happening. It is funny to think about Smack My Bitch Up being a hit now. Smack My Bitch Up. Like, that's just culturally not in the running to Never be a hit Never care for that song. <laughs> the video was released on October 28th, 1998. Uh, and, of course, controversial because... And I gotta say, I don't know if I would ever, like, protest it or anything. I don't think it's, like... It's art, and you don't have to watch art. But right. as a dad, it, it is uh, disturbing. It's dark. Because, of course, it's the story of a woman who, by day, is a stripper... By night, she's a prostitute, and she's kind of living in and out of hotels, and her kids sort of... Her kid's at the strip club, her kid's in the other room. Yeah, it's... She's got a dude who, you know, has been paid to have sex with her, but he's, like, beating her up and shit. I, I think at that point, her kid is, like, sleeping in the closet or something, because... But she's awake, and she can it's, hear it's, it. It's real dark. I honestly felt a little uncomfortable watching it. It's I been a long time since I've seen that video. It's just too. crazy what life can do to you, because I, I remember being a kid and being like, oh, that's fucked up, like... There were certain movies I'd watch before I had a kid, or mm-hmm. when I was just younger. That I was now that I'm an adult, I'm like, I don't want to put certain stuff in my head. Yeah, you know? totally. It, it, it. I don't remember it being so depressing. I remember because it, it's a cool, it's a cool um, inversion of what the song we we always like kind of known that song to be about a, a road about dog, the, the road, yeah, and touring. He's, yeah, he's a long haired rock star. Yeah, and people are making fun of him. Is he queer? Is man or woman? Right. Yeah. Just another day on the road, turn the page to, to see it like the life of this single mm-hmm. mother who's kind of trying to put it together. It's interesting, right? And even it, like the uh, like the the, the setup kind of interview footage at the beginning, the end of the video is is so kind of her looking into the camera and saying, "I always wanted to be in the entertainment industry." Yeah, 
Well, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a good I'm, mother. I'm doing and... this to my daughter. I'm going to teach her good values, all this stuff. It's God. Yeah, it, it really is a tough video to watch because, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff happens every day. I mean, this, this is right. reality it's for a, so lot of, a lot of people. Yeah, very real. So it's, it's uncomfortable to watch. You know, I don't have kids, but like I've got a niece and nephews and it's like God, watching that. I, it just, it was like, it was heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. I couldn't wait for it to end. <laughs> yeah, I found it disturbing, but I don't ever remember feeling that way when I was a kid, though. Right, yeah. Do, do you remember watching this video? I remember seeing it when I was younger. Um, I was, let's see, when this came out, I was... 98. 98, so I was uh, maybe 20. But yeah, I turned 20 that year. Um, but it didn't affect me like it does now. Yeah, You know, it's weird. I'm, I'm almost 40, so it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's a little more it's, real. It's powerful in that very way. Very powerful, yeah. And you know, I mean, overall, I say this is this is a fantastic video. I think it's it is the, well done. Yeah, the message they're trying to convey is is good. I think it's a very powerful video, but it, it's it's a tough one to watch. If you haven't watched it in a while, watch it again. And if you have kids, it's like no, it's hard. And my kids, it's hard, yeah. my kids, just a little bit younger than the the girl's age in the video. And you know, at the end of it, like after the song ends, it's her saying, "If I had it all to do again, I would make the same choices." Right. Yeah. So it's a little confusing. Like, what is the message of the video? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, is she? I don't know. Is she a hero in a way? Is she just someone who's just trying to just do what she can to do take what care she of her can, kid or is she kind of a tragic tale? You know. Yeah, but. So on, on the one end, it's like, okay, she's uh, working in a strip club and making her money, and that's how she take, takes care of her kid. At night, now she's a prostitute, but she's bringing that into this living space they're in, which is the hotel. Mm-hmm. Is that responsible? Is that right. like, like, I'm not one to say that like a woman who strips for a living to take care of her kid is in the wrong or anything. That's mm-hmm. not my place, you know? Um but when you're doing something like prostitution and bringing that into a hotel room, when your kid is like sleeping in the closet and hears all this and you're getting beat up, whatever, it's like, I don't know. That's the kind of the choice you make to bring that into your world. Like, are you taking care of your kid in that situation? And maybe that's the point of it. Maybe it's meant to be sort of morally ambiguous right. because that's kind of what life is like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's easy when it's easy when things are going fine to sort of map out black and white rights and wrongs mm-hmm. but when when you really start to deal with shit in your life that can get a little more complicated than it seems yeah totally for sure maybe that's the point of the video to ponder that yeah. i don't know uh one note i will say in this video too is the band performances i think are super rad yeah i love that james is playing an sg yeah it's the sg that bob rock gave him yeah as a gift i think it's awesome yeah. i love that, love seeing that in the video and i also love that it's like that um kind of like dark red carpet and there's just single it's spotlights kinda, on the guys kind of twins peak twins peak ish yeah it's very cool twin um, peaks ish twins peaks twinsly and peak ish twinsly peak yeah and i have such a soft spot for that era i like seeing the boys the way they looked then yeah you know i like james with that sort of little above shoulder length hair it's, it's almost like when he back. started to grow it back out but right then, you know got a little nervous and stopped or whatever <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa that's hit the shoulders let's go back up right right need to lower my ears a little bit um it's a good video though i mean yeah it's not one i want to watch a lot but i you know no, artistic merit i think it's i think it's pretty solid uh, agreed yeah um i did kind of run into some of these facts like bob seeger talking about metallica's version which we may have covered on our garage inc episode but i thought this was interesting you know to hear what what bob seeger thought of it and uh he says, I loved it. They told me they were going to do it, and I loved it. Really like the drums, especially because our drums are really simple. 
it was a really cool take on it. I thought that was like interesting, yeah. you know? That's awesome. He's, he, he backs it. That's cool. And I always kind of assumed that James was like, maybe like, maybe he was kind of a sort of uh, lifelong closeted Bob Seger fan. But really, like Lars heard it on the radio mm-hmm. and was like, oh, this yeah. would be perfect for Hetfield. Yeah, we talked about that at one point, yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Lars is kind they, of scoping I mean, I it think out. They, I think they killed this version. I think they, they did such a great job on this. Especially like, you know, like the the slide guitar parts oh, it's, it's so are good. basically the saxophone parts on the Bob Seger it's version. It's so good. I, I mean, I like the original version a lot, but yeah. I think this is, is better. It's pretty rad, yeah. The, Kirk's creepy slide shit is great. He does great And that, that great, we, you've heard us talk about it, folks, out there in Metal Up Your Podcast land, the great hard pan guitars mm-hmm. and the way they bounce off each other. I was yep. listening to this song with headphones cranked today in my studio before I came here, and there's so much great ear candy. Oh, yeah. There's even this kind of great anti-solo. Yep. Where it's just real chordal, but the you know their accents are so different that it just it creates a lot of space. Yep, a great vo- uh, great vocal it's moment great for Hetfield too. Like his vocal take on this is so good, especially when he gets up high towards the end. He puts so much so much depth in the in the vocal. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love when a band does a cover song and and, and the it's, the vocal take especially. You can hear the passion in the vocal that. It's almost like they wrote the song, yeah. or the song means that much to them. Right. That they're gonna—you can't help but sing it passionately. You know, you're not just like you know clocking in, just going, "Yeah, here's the lyrics. I'll sing it real quick." Right. It sounds like Heffield really, really felt the song and and gave that performance and, in the studio. And you're not like a super trained cover singer that does it verbatim either. It's right. your own thing, and yeah, but it's still it got own. emotion in it. Of course, yeah. All right, moving right along to Whiskey in the Jar, which I think has a lot of the same attributes. Yep. And it's no surprise that it's the same director, Jonas Ockerlund. Oh, Jonas. This one was filmed in Brooklyn in November of 98, released March 16th, 1999. The song, of course, peaked at number four on Billboard Mainstream Rock Chart and won the Grammy, as we all know, for Best Hard Rock Performance in 2000. What I found interesting was the intro of this video... You're coming in on the house. Mm-hmm. House parties happening. In like every room, they're partying. And you hear bread fan. Oh, I never noticed that. You didn't notice that? No. Yeah, it's like when like the intro of the video starts. So it's like, like the music you're listening to in the house is yeah, bread. But that, is it Metallica's bread fan? Yeah, it is. Oh, dude. And you hear bread fan, and like that's what's that's what's happening. That's the first thing you see in the video. It's like, oh shit, that's cool. I wish kids were listening to bread fan at parties. That's just so not happening. Um, but this video is what I like about it. There's no big weird moral problem no there's no big questions asked about it's what's right and wrong a bunch of girls in their underwear party it's a big house party full of chicks some attractive some not attractive Metallica the only dudes there playing whiskey in the jar they slowly descend into madness together and destroy yeah. the house it's a super fun video here's one of my notes okay hit me I literally wrote this. Metallica is playing your house party and no one gives a shit that's cool maybe they're trues and they don't like they're doing a cover song I kind of I interpret it through my 80s horror movie shit, like my Jallo fucking Suspiria shit, and I sort of just assumed it's a house of, like, coven, a coven of witches. Okay. Because they're all hooking up. It's, they seem to all be gay. Right. There's no dudes. No. So it's almost Metallica, like yeah. they've got the hottest band in the world in the living room, they don't give a fuck because they got their own witchy coven sex, but that's bo- sex pot shit like, going on. Like, sure, if you're into that, this is great, this is fun, this is my kind of party. But Metallica's playing in your house. That's that's how fucking That's how fucking cool these chicks are, man. Man, they're so fucking cool. Man, they're so cool. 
Speaking of cool, I do like that Lars is full on. Lars and Kirk are both in their full on '90s glam. Dude, that was my next note. I said, I said Lars and Kirk owning the load reload era look. Lars wearing a silk shirt, guy liner. Kirk wearing like this fucking Tony Montana suit. Uh, doesn't smoke Kirk have a cigar? cigar. Yeah, he has a cigar. Got a cigar. But then Jason and James are like in just normal like. Well, James kind of looks like a lot of dudes I went to high school with. He's wearing like jeans that are kind of cool looking jeans, but they're not like tight. And he's got the black shirt tucked into them. Yeah. I mean, I think so, I, I still think it looks cool. No, well, he's he, he's kind of incapable of not looking cool, right? I do like that he's playing that JH three V with the with the green lightning. It's like a great document of that, other than cunning stunts. I love that. Not it's in one of my favorite video. guitars he plays, but it is cool. It, it you don't like an, that? I don't love it, but it's cool that it makes an appearance in this video. Uh, Kirk wearing the spider guitar, playing the spider guitar. Yeah, love that. Very black album era, which Very is weird. Black album, kind of yeah, lotish. Yeah. Mean, this is a couple years beyond that, right? Uh, let's see. What one thing I didn't realize until I watched the video, and maybe this is me just acting like a rookie here, but in the video, like James plays the solo. I was just gonna say, how did this solo not make our top solos? Because this is a great guitar this solo. One of those it's kind of long. I too. feel bad. I, I feel like a shitty Metallica fan. That don't. Why we, we d- d- don't don't feel don't do that don't who, don't do it don't, who feels you're like, a great who fan feels like that who does this I I just didn't realize that like oh shit that's that's James well I'm not trying to one up you or anything but I knew it was James <laughs> I knew it Uh, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. I just didn't. Maybe I knew it at one point. It's but a I funky kinda, solo. Oh, I kind of forgot because I, I, I haven't watched this video in forever. Yeah. So when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, it's old Jimmy James Jam Het Senior Junior Esquire." It's got a cool recklessness to it that I, yeah. I think it's really dope. Oh yeah. Um, of course, they all start trashing the house. It's super fun. It's just a fun video. Did you notice towards the end of the video? Jason kicks a bookshelf yeah. and, and nothing happens. The bookshelf that will not break. Oh, I didn't see that. I just happened to notice it and I made I made a because it was just like mounted or something. It was just against the wall and he like he's playing bass. He turns around and kicks it and just nothing happens. Like it doesn't break. It's so rock and it roll. It doesn't move. It's so badass. It was awesome. <laughs> it's I, a good. It's a good moment. There is like a scene towards the very end of the video that, where Lars is like pushing a bookcase over, but he looks like he's kind of trying to be like delicate, like. I'm not really destroying shit a lot. I don't really want to break this. I don't really want to. This is a nice bookshelf. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we there's not a lot to say about it, but we can't we can't gloss over it here. We got the No Leave Clover video, easily one of the best Metallica songs of all time. Love the song. Uh, it says this is directed by Wayne. I heard it today. Lars pronounced it Isham. Isham. We've been saying Isham. Isham. So Wayne, I want to formally apologize to you. I know Wayne's listening, so we're sorry, Wayne. It, I would love to have Wayne Isham on the show. Forget Wayne Isham. You know what, Wayne Isham? He's in the past. He can't. He's not going to be on the show. Wayne Isham's the future. Wayne Isham, he's dead in the past. He's dead to me. There's no future there. No future at all. There's no leaf clover there. There's no... (laughs) (laughs) I found a clover. How many leaves were on it? She asked me three. No. No. Four. No. Two. Absolutely not. Not even two. There was zero. It was a no-leaf clover. You know clover. what this song should be called? Stem. It should be called... That's all that's left with a no-leaf clover. Right. It's just a It's just a horrible, lonely stem. It's just a little stem that lost all its clovers. No leaves. This is a you can't even make a wish. You can't even wish on it. Who would want to? Who would want what do you do? You make the wish, you throw the stem. 
No, you don't. You dash the stem into bits and pieces. There's no he loves me, he loves me not. It feels right this time, does it, James? Don't it feel right this time, Joyce? There comes to be the soothing light at the end of the tunnel. It was well, just, of, course, of course, we're talking about the Lincoln Tunnel. It was just the Penn Station L train coming your way. <laughs> oh, good times. This, okay. was, this was filmed in April 1999 in Berkeley, California. The video premiered November 8th, 1999. This is basically just like a compilation of footage. And what, what is cool and unique is there's a lot of behind-the-scenes footage. Of S M. Right. Well, there's well, right. So there are two versions. There's the slice and dice version and the maestro version. And one was more just intercut from the actual performance, and then one kind of did a lot of behind the scenes, yeah. load in, and a lot of shit with. I came dig in. that stuff. I do yeah. too. Because you see more than you do it's in more the art, and it's more artful. Like, yes. I, it's not just sort of like a straight performance video. Right. And what I I remember this as, as I remember this video being just a big ass fucking advertisement for S and M. Yeah. Because it was. You know, we talked earlier about was Lords of Summer one of the uh, first times they ever wrote a song for a purpose? Yeah. And uh, we were reminded that they did that for this. They wrote No Leaf Clover and Minus Human specifically for these records. Yeah. For this performance. Yeah. And it's just so cool that it it was really a big hit. I mean, Mm -hmm. the song is that good. When I was watching this video, I was thinking... Do I would I want an actual studio version of the song? And and I came to the conclusion that no, I don't. I think it's it, that good with I, the strings and the live feel. It is what it is, and it needs to stay that way. I think. I think they maybe re sang it. I think it's a recut vocal, and that's fine. That's Which totally is fine. cool. Totally cool. But like you know, when that came out, it, you know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, is this going to be on the next record? It's a new song." But like you said, it's 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 it was written for this purpose, and I don't want a new version of it. It was Metallica's fourth number one on the Billboard Hot Mainstream Rock Tracks chart, and it stayed number one for seven consecutive weeks in a row. Awesome. It's pretty a cool. live song. Great. Yeah. That's the power of this band. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, there's not much to say about the video. If you've seen S&M, that's kind of what the flavor is. Right, yeah. I like the look of the band. They look strong. You know, they're in their mid-30s. James had a cool look going on then. He had that kind of longish hair mm-hmm. and just like a, a real thick goatee. Yeah. Jason's rocking it short. Kurt kind of had was, his hair was getting a little longer. Right. Lars was wearing the white, that white kind of He's Dexter like, shirt ma- a lot. Magician shirt. Yeah. <laughs> the magician shirt. <laughs> it's kind of puffy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving right on to, I got to say it, man. This is one of my favorite Metallica songs and one of their best videos. You I disappear. You are going to be surprised by my uh, my thoughts on this. And I'll, I'll, I'll shoot them out right away. Now, this was another song that I had completely forgotten was... Oh, you're going to shoot your, your thoughts right away. Sorry. That was me interrupting you. It's okay. I forgive you. Um, I wouldn't say I've talked shit on the song, but it's never been a favorite of mine. I kind of <laughs> skip over it. I still don't love the verses, but everything else, I dig. Yeah. Like... Meaning the choruses. The choruses are great. Like yeah. the the even that main riff. Like I, I kind of had it in my brain because when we saw you know Metallica and a lot of times in the doodle section they would Kirk and Rob would just do the mm-hmm. and it was kind of weird and kind of cheesy. But after watching this video a couple times, I was like, shit, this is damn it, it's a good song. I love it. Like I don't love the. Here I go now. 
Why not? It's awesome. I don't know. I, maybe I'll come around to it still. But the chorus is so good. Dude. It's so good. Dude. I unfortunately, I, I fully admit, I wrote it off for a long time. Long time. And then this week, all of a sudden, I was watching this video prepping for this episode, and I was like, ah, oh, damn it, this is good. Yeah, it's really good. One thing that's interesting about this recording of this song, mm-hmm. the drums are kind of St. Angerish. Yeah, so snare is very king. One of the singles they released, which I think you believe you could just hear the instrumental of the song, that's where you could kind of really hear the ting ting. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's there's a little bit of controversy surrounding this, but if we take it all at face value, this is Jason Newstead's last studio recording with the band, right? Yeah. And his last video appearance. Now there are some people who claim that he didn't even record this song that Bob Rock played bass on it. So we can add that to the list uh, of questions for the boys. But, yeah, totally. Um, the song reached number one on the Billboard Hot Mainstream Rock tracks for seven weeks in 2000. Not consecutive, but seven weeks. It's their only standalone single in that it's a, for a song that wasn't on any record. Yeah, on nothing. Believe Clover was on S&M. Yeah. That, that was, was kind of still the end of an era, though, where bands would be involved in a soundtrack. It'd be a big deal. Yeah, and write a song specifically for the soundtrack. Yeah. I think we've talked about the soundtrack for the movie Last Action Hero, the Schwarzenegger oh, movie. Oh, with Big Gun by ACDC. Big Gun, ACDC, Megadeth has a song on there. There's like songs that are on there that are just for the soundtrack. Well, remember the single soundtrack? Oh, Had God, Chris yeah. Cornell and State Pearl of Love Jam. And Trust. State of Love and Trust. State of and Trust and Breath were on that. Yep. Um, Wood, Miles and Chains. Wood, they Miles later and included Chains, that yeah. on um, Dirt. Yep. But, um, yeah, this was an era where that was a thing. Like, yeah. that doesn't happen anymore. I remember getting the faculty soundtrack. The faculty. Because they're, well, I first of all, out at first of all there. you could get a bitchin' version of Creed covering Alice Cooper's I'm 18. I'm 18. That's a terrible Scott Staff impression. I'm 18. I'm 18. But the, the song I wanted so bad was, it was like a, it was like a super group band, but it was them. It was another brick in the wall, and it was Lane Staley, like Tom Morello. It was some kind of super group. Yeah, and it was them covering another brick in the wall. That's I, worth getting the whole soundtrack for. That's the only that. way you can hear it. There it's a, not very good. There was a lot, really. It's, it's not. God, I got so excited. I know. For a I, I wish I could tell you. It's Lane great. Staley and Tom Morello doing another brick in the wall. Yeah. We don't need no education. It's not great. Well, I won't check it out. I mean, check it out, you know? No, it's too late. I, I already checked checked out. Now, another interesting thing that I, we can't talk about it disappear without talking about how this is really the song that kicked off the whole Napster problem. Yeah. Because it was a demo of this song that got leaked that people were playing on the radio. Yep. That kind of got Lars and Co. aware of all this bullshit. And that's what kind of started it all. Yeah. Is this song I disappear? Yeah. This was one, one of the top downloaded songs on Napster for Metallica. We're going to do a whole episode on that. Yeah, we don't, we need, to, to. We don't yeah, need to go we have to. too into that. I'll take up too much time for sure. Uh, I love the Strat that Kirk's playing. I do too. That kind that of like green, seafoam green. Seafoam green, distressed, yeah. uh, relic-looking guitar. I don't think I've ever really seen it since. No, it's cool. It's like it's almost like he probably got it that week and was just so yeah. stoked on it. He's like, I'll play it in the video. Why not? Let's talk, okay. about, let's talk about like that. So they're up on this like Mesa which I thought must be a green screen, but you can actually watch a pretty informative making of the video. They actually go get on... Back when MTV was involved with music. Right. But they did a thing called... What's it called? Just making the video? It was called uh, Making the Video. Yeah. It was a great series. Yeah. 
but they're actually up on a thing, and uh, they intersperse that, which e- each band member kind of gets their own little vignette of a... They're all throwbacks to other films. Right, yeah. So with Kirk running in the desert, it's North by Northwest, the Hitchcock film. Yeah. With James at the car, it's Bullet. Mm-hmm. Jason in the weird crowd is... The suit on. It's uh, Brazil, the Terry Gilliam movie. And then, uh, who am I leaving out? Lars is like Die Hard. Right. Where he's running through the glass and it's breaking. He eventually jumps out the fucking window. Do you think Lars thought he could outrun like an atomic bomb blast? He was just trying to survive, dude. Much like John McClane. That's true. And, and apparently... Look I, at all the things John McClane has survived. Oh, so many things. And I just saw, I think on Twitter today, that they're releasing another, another Die Hard movie, and it's just called McClane. With Bruce? Yeah. Is it a prequel? I don't know. Probably not. He's too old to do pull off a prequel. Yeah, for sure. But... Unless you get the guy from Looper, who they made look like him. Shall we uh, go opening night? Uh, Sure. Okay. What are we going to do our first movie review? It's a date. Uh, we probably should have done it tonight because my family's not home. Yeah, probably. But I don't we'll do it soon. We'll do it soon. We're not sure maybe coming to America. Uh, coming tap. to America's got to be the first one, dude. It has to. It's taking on its own life, yeah. man. People send me fans of the show send me coming to America <laughs> shit all the time. <laughs> I'll be forced to thrash you, <laughs> Samuel Jackson. That's a Samuel that Jackson scene. scene. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, oh, this was also directed by Wayne Isham, by the way. Yes. Isham. Isham. He's done a lot of stuff for the boys. Yeah, he seems yes. to be a go-to. Oh, Lars yeah. was quoted as saying when they were making this video, he said, the big, the big phrase we kept throwing around was we wanted big. We wanted this to be the biggest fucking music video. Right. And he said, when you want big in 2000, you call Wayne Isham. Well, That's quite the endorsement. Quite the endorsement. And it is a big video. Um, one thing that was uh, interesting about the uh, making the video making of the video uh, segment on MTV was that remix version of the song. I did want to talk about this, so the, yeah. I, I honed in on that today. Uh, listening to them introduce the whole segment, there's this weird remix. It's kind of an industrial sounding. Yeah, isn't that not, weird? Not as cool as like if Trent Reznor got it's a hold of it. Nine Inch Nails cool. No, it's it's like Prodigy. It's like MTV MTV 2000. Let's cool. take a listen. Let's let's t- let's check it out. something it's something it's yeah. a thing it's a, it's a thing that's out there another interesting thing is that the camaro that james is driving in his scene where he's in the san francisco hills and all the stuff they ended up uh I, I don't know if it was wayne isham or chevy or whatever they ended up gifting him that car at the end of that shoot wow and then he cool. sold it on ebay for 70 grand and donated the whole thing to charity you what know a, what he did? What he donated. Guy. He called his mother on the telephone, and and then he donated it to charity. He said, "Look, I want to I want to give this money to people in need, and who what do ne- I, who, who, who needs it? Who needs it? I got a hundred cars. Who needs it? Yeah, it's just a little Chevy. You heard Corella Deville had a hundred and one Dalmatians. I don't want a hundred and one cars. Yeah, exactly. hundred and one Dalmatians. That's like a puppy mill. That's cute. Who wants a puppy mill? Well, I, adopt." 
go through the ASPCA. It's so easy. Get your pets neutered. Get your pets spayed. It's get so your, easy. Get your husbands neutered, honey. Yeah, please honey, do. Honey, listen. Trust me, I've got 12 kids. Get him, get him neutered. And those are just 12 that we know. And adopt a pet. Get 12 kids, adopt a pet, neuter your husband, listen to Metallica. <laughs> listen to Metallica. I think this video is awesome. And I think that when you compare Inner Sandman, for example, to the I Disappear video, yeah. I see a filmmaker who like learned a lot of new cool tricks. Right. I love the zoom in on their faces and how that zooms into their scenes. This There's was a, really great action segments in there this is, video. Yeah. This was also, I, I uh, made a note of this, that this was one of the first videos that was widescreen for them. Mm, I didn't know that. Yes, if you like, like when we when we were watching the other videos, it was like it's not square format, but it's you know a different uh, aspect ratio, as you call it in that world. But uh, this was a widescreen video. That was back in the day when you would go to go to Blockbuster, rent a VHS or DVD. You can get the normal version or the widescreen version. Hmm. Now everything is widescreen. But I right when I watched the video, I immediately noticed. I'm like, oh, it's widescreen. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the only thing in the video that drove me crazy. Okay. It's very minor. It's at the very end. Okay. All this great action stuff. Things. It's so bitching. Hetfield driving that car and all this stuff. The very end, it's like, dude hanging off the cliff. Oh, it's, it's you know, action. This is crazy. Is he going to fall? And then it's Tom Cruise, and he looks at the camera and smiles. Yeah. Because it's so... It's, I also just can't stand Tom Cruise. Oh, my God. We are, we are just disagreeing big time. I'm not saying in everything. I'd say in the last like 15 or so years, I just can't take them. Like, you want to talk about Risky Business or Top Gun, Cocktail, Jerry Maguire, I'm in. Okay. But Tom Cruise... You never saw The Last Samurai? No. Watch The Last Samurai, homie. I just... It's not, it's not necessarily his movies. It's how he comes across in interviews and as mm-hmm. a person makes me not want to watch his movies. I'll say this. Um, and I've also been in the same room as him on a TV show in London. And in his interview, which, by the way, it was a Graham Norton show. You know that show? No. It's a big show in the UK. It's Graham Norton. The format is he basically interviews like three, three or four celebrities at the same time for like an hour and a half. That show, Tom Cruise just talked about himself the whole time and talked about doing his own stunts. Shit that everyone's known forever. We get it. You do your own stunts. It's pretty cool that he does his own stunts. Of course it's cool. But that's all he would talk about. And these other actors are trying to promote their shit. And he's just like, oh, yeah. And this one time on Mission Impossible 17, I was hanging off the side of an airplane. And, like, it was just like, it was, to me, it reminded me of, like, the high school dude or the guy who, like, in high school was a great football player. And he's, like, 47 now. And all he does is talk about the glory days of football. Right. It just annoyed me. And I was just kind of like, dude, let the other people talk. So I kind of have bad, I've always had a bad taste, not always, but in recent years had a bad taste in my mouth for him. Well, let, so I can't watch his movies. Well, let me say, okay, you've had your turn. Let me, now let me defend this man. I'm not done. Anyway, no. He's definitely a strange person and it seems like he's got some weird problems and his, his odd ties into Scientology I find strange. Very. And, and I will say one of the problems with him, I, he's a, one of the great actors of all time. Sure. But he's unlike Brando in a way where Brando, Brando, like someone like Brando or De Niro, disappear into their characters. Yeah, and you don't often think this is Robert De Niro. Tom Cruise is not like that, 
and everything he's in, even when he's really great, it's impossible to not be like, this is Tom Cruise in a movie. So if you don't like who he is, you're going to have a problem at the movie experience because you never don't think it's Tom Cruise. Right. Like Meryl Streep, you just get so lost in it. You have to like remember that that's Meryl Streep. Right. With Tom Cruise, it's like, well, that's Tom Cruise jumping on an airplane. That's Tom Cruise putting on a mask and eyes wide shut. I think he's super, super great. I'm not saying he's not a good actor. I just... You just don't like him. I just don't like him, and I think that... It's okay not to I like him. I think in the last, you know, ever since he kind of like dove headfirst, speaking of stunts, dove headfirst into like action movies. Yeah. It's just kind of like this, it's the, it's almost like the same movie over and over again. I'm telling you, I'm title. putting a pin in it. I can, I'll you got to watch Last Samurai. Last Samurai. I'll watch that. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll that, watch that, it. Might, that might chill you out on it. Okay. I don't it's know. a great movie. I, just, I like I like Jerry Maguire. I like Top Gun. I, yep. I, I like a lot. I do like a lot of Tom Cruise. Jerry movies. Maguire. That's like '96. Oh yeah, it's the year I graduated high school. I mean, I'm not trying to shit talk here. Minority just, Report. Did you like that? That was a great movie. I like that movie. Um, did you see War of the Worlds? Did not. I checked did. out after a certain point. I don't know when that was, but I okay. just checked out. So, all that to say. At the end of this video, when he just like looks at the camera and smiles, it's just yeah. kind of weird. But I liked it. I got a kick out of it because it's like he's climbing this mesa. I interpret that as he's hearing I, the soothing sounds of I disappear. He's like, who the fuck and is he's playing like, that up there? Is that James and Lars? Because he's probably hung out with them before because right. they're celebrities. And he climbs all the way up there. What and are the they're, odds they're up there playing this song? But then he does all the work and he almost falls off. And he's not trying to save the world or a girl or anything. Yeah. He's trying to talk to his homie, James. And he gets up there and they're gone. Wrong Mesa. Wrong Mesa. <laughs> you're, you're probably in New Mexico and they're in Arizona. Totally, dude. He's in like yeah, northern Utah. Exactly. They're in California. All right. Well, um, did we do that song? We uh, we definitely did that song. Next week. Oh, now we unfortunately pivot into. It's not our favorite. Stop making fun of San Anger. It's not our favorite. We've been pretty fair. Oh no! Don't worry. I, I've got good notes. I don't have been, all. It's all negative. It's not all negative. I have good notes. I think this is where the videos start to get uncool. Well, well, we'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what do you think about this? What, okay. Same anger. I'll start by saying, I love this video. This this I is the best of it. When you're talking about like this is where we get into bad videos, I think it's after Saint Anger. Okay. Yeah. I think this song. I've grown to love it over the years. You know, not every, not flush it out and stuff like that. But in general, I think it's a good song. Production aside, we're not talking about production on this episode. But they went into San Quentin Prison in Northern California and filmed a fucking video in there. And if you, there, there's there's a ton of footage. It's in some kind of monster and stuff where they actually not only filmed the video there, they played a show at the prison for the prisoners. Mm-hmm. James went up there and spoke to the prisoners. Um, but it's just like. To me, it's it's like such a badass video. Well, you see it in the top of the video, and it's you know it's it's confirmed in the movie and through interviews with directors. There's this really dramatic, like, hey, letting you know here at San Quentin, we do a uh, what do they call it's it? Like a no hostage policy or something. We're like, if you're held hostage, we're not going to basically like we're not going to help you. Yeah. So it says a no hostage policy, which means the state will not negotiate your release if you get kidnapped. 
Right. And that was it wasn't so just the boys, it was their crew, the directors, their their managers and publicists. Anybody that walks in there and, and, and this isn't just like a visitation thing. This is like you're entering the grounds of the prison like beyond visitation. You're going into where the prisoners hang out. So if you if some motherfucker in there grabs James Hetfield and puts a knife to his neck, the, the guards there aren't going to negotiate his release. But one of the directors was talking about it, and they obviously were really careful and, you know, I'm sure the prisoners didn't have as much access to the band as maybe some of the crew, but he said that at first the prisoners were really standoffish. They weren't aggressive, they were just standoffish. Right, yeah. And then once they realized it was Metallica, because the crew came in first and started scouting and pinning and shit. Right. And they said that the prisoners were really standoffish. When they learned, though, that it was Metallica, there was so much kind of goodwill amongst the prisoners about the band right, yeah. that they earned trust really quick. Mm-hmm. And they said that, so the, the video is kind of the story of they honed in on certain prisoners and you can kind of see these like flashbacks to what their life was like and maybe how they ended up yeah, there. Exactly, yeah, exactly. They said that everyone they got, that they used for that, I don't know what the vetting process was, but just coincidentally, everyone they used was their first day. And they were talking In prison? To, it, at San Quentin. Wow. And they were talking crazy. about how just like the reality of it dawning on them, they could kind of see it that day as they were working with them. Yeah. One guy's like doing heroin and another guy's involved with drugs and shit. Right, yeah, yeah. I think the coolest shots in the video are when they're in like they're inside the prison. All the prisoners are above them. Yes, they're they're in that that, that cell block where they're, they're all the, hanging over the rail. Yeah, they're on the ground. Guys are hanging over the rails and they get excited and like, oh, dude, that's it's powerful imagery. Very powerful, especially when you know it's real. Yeah, th- you know those are real prisoners. Really, they're real those prisoners. Are actors. Yeah, that's why I love this video so it's much. Pretty I mean, cool, like, the boys. Say what you will about the record and the production and all that stuff, the ting ting snare, but like, even even one of my notes basically says. Um, the video makes me like the song even more. I would f- agree with that. Yeah, it endears me to the song. Yes, totally. I love it, and I love that. Like you, you brought up them going into the prison and you talking about the no hostage policy. It's almost like you know documentary slash music video. It's great, dude. I, I love this video. It's, yeah. it's honestly, I'd, I would probably throw this in my top ten. Metallica music videos. Well, it's the first time they work with these directors. It's like a brother team called the Malloys, Emirate and Brendan. They did Foo Fighters, Blink One Eighty Two, Jimmy at World, Cheryl Crow. They'd go on to do the Unnamed Feeling, Feeling later. It's also an important video because this is Robert's first sort of official mm-hmm. video with them. So that's an important yeah. milestone for all of us right. on the ride. It won the two thousand three Metal Edge Reader's Choice Award for Video of the Year. The end credits say, I love this. For all the souls impacted by San Quentin, your spirit will forever be a part of Metallica. That's pretty intense. I mean, yeah, it's very intense. I think think that, in a nutshell, means Metallica's Metallica's experience filming this video in San Quentin, because it it, it was probably over the course of a couple days. Right. Um, They were heavily impacted by these people and by the experience and by the guards and prisoners, everything. You know, and as I mentioned before, you know, we've seen the footage where they actually do play a show for them. And James gives that speech, and he gets kind of choked up. He's and very choked up, yeah. And, he, and he, you know, in, in that footage, he's talking about how hard it was to get there and talk to him. Right. Um, I think this experience heavily impacted them, and, and you know, changed them. Hmm. And I and I and I can speak from personal experience. You know, I, I've had I won't go into detail, but I've had loved ones in prison, and I've I've spent a lot of time in prisons visiting loved ones mm-hmm. um, and it's an experience man it's 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 no joke right and that was just me visiting somebody but the experience I had just like around other prisoners in the visitation area is 
powerful, man. Right. It's very powerful. And this this goes beyond that. They were inside the prison, like around prisoners. And San Quentin's kind of known as oh yeah as a place where yes, San Quentin and Folsom are, are, are you know the two prisons that Johnny Cash did records in right. Um, yeah, they're known for being very rough prisons. Right. You know, um, I, I I'd imagine that Hetfield was probably like uh, not sentimental maybe or something, but like he's a country music fan. Sure, mm-hmm. I, I'm guaranteed he likes Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Johnny Cash did a record live from San Quentin. So it might and Folsom Prison and Folsom, yeah. yeah. It might have been uh, an homage to that, that or he would, or it was just one of those things like, hey, we're gonna, we want Here's the treatment for the video. We're gonna go into San Quentin Prison. And he might have been like, oh my god, that's where Johnny Cash did right. record. So maybe it was an important thing for him. I don't know, but um, I, I think all four of these dudes, probably their crew too, uh, came out on the other end of this like, wow, like what an experience. Yeah, that was cool. I'm sure also at least secretly relieved that they were not kidnapped. Right. Yeah, they were not. Kirk might still be there. Yeah, Kirk might be there. Kirk's been there for 15 years. Yes. Yeah. And they won't negotiate his return. They will not. You know, there's an that impo- was the rule. There's an they knew the rules. Exactly. They knew the rules. They knew going in. So now there's an imposter Kirk. He's on stage. been the librarian for the last six years. Yeah. Um, he, and there's he, been an imposter Kirk on stage for over 10 years now. Right. The same guy who did the Paul McCartney. Exactly. He's really good. Um, moving on to frantic. Tick, 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 tock. Also directed by Wayne Isham. Isham. Shot in the lovely Montreal. Now, that makes me wonder, were they were they on tour in Canada? Why, why shoot in Montreal? But the video, uh, the long and short of it, is that a fast-living motherfucker it gets into a car crash. Hang on. I can only assume he's delivering chicken. He's got a chicken thing on the car right. a la the 1979 Smashing Pumpkins video he may be a chicken delivery man I don't know delivery man delivery man but he he crashes into like a camper or something yeah and he it, he's the, the premise of the video which I must say here at the top Ethan I strongly dislike this whole thing I don't like this video um, it's weird the premise is he gets into a car crash and his life flashes before his eyes. What's his life like? He's doing drugs. He's smoking cigarettes. He's sleeping with lots of oh. licentious ladies. Who does this? It's it sounds like it's he's dirty. having a pretty fucking good time to me. But they definitely, in the uh, heavy-handed moral play of this whole video, mm. he's doing a bunch of bad shit, and he's starting to realize what his life's like, and, and that it's emptily... Sought to be filled up with drugs and ladies. And I feel like and it's shit. a bit of a, a mirror of Hetfield's life before he got sober. I think it's just part of the rehabification of right. the Saint Era, Saint yeah. Anger Era, the Saint Era, the Saint Era. Um, his <laughs> life—it's just so on the nose. His lifestyle is determining his death style. See, that's that's the key point here. I might get that tattooed on me. Like during the Fran tick 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 tock shit, they show clocks and shit. Yeah, it's a kind little, of a, a fall from grace. Yeah. It's a little fall for grace for Wayne Isham. Yeah, um, it's not great. Also, I feel, this is in my notes here. I I put um, like the budget for the, the the initial crash you see at the beginning was so high that they felt they had to use it like five times in the video. Oh, is that why? I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm, I'm saying like because it, it's it's it, they, re, they they show it over and over again. Maybe there's a reason behind it. My thought when I watched it was like, oh, there's the card. They just really liked this thing again. It was like, hey, we spent like eight million thousand. I think what's happening is the video starts with the crash. 
Right. And the whole song is his life flashing before his eyes. Sure. So they keep showing the crash to remind you we're still in a crash. And he's smoking and going to parties. I mean, I, he's in the yeah. he's in the green room. Yeah. His life's empty. There's a different chick in his bed. And then of course he survives the crash and he's laughing. Mm-hmm. Either he got away with it or either he's so glad as he's been given a second chance and yeah. another car comes and hits him. Right, yeah. I don't know. I, I just I felt it a bit unnecessary to show the crash like eight thousand times. I do like that James is playing the Les Paul Custom and he's playing the Gibson. Love that. Kirk again on the spider guitar. Yeah. But I they thought do. it was weird that because I love in Metallica videos when Hetfield's in front of a mic. Yeah. Obviously, it's just for look. It's just for the for the video. But it's weird on this video that he he has no microphone. I feel like it it just looks awkward. He didn't have a microphone disappear either. Yeah. It it just seems yeah, weird. It's, it's kind of videoy. It is videoy, but like when you, when you see him in front of a mic in, in other videos, um, it just looks natural because that's what you see him at shows right. all the time. So. I don't know. I just I felt that it was a little. It, it almost made it a little cheesy. In I'll a way. tell you what gets really cheesy is during the frantic tick and he's doing the crazy eyes. Yeah. It's like all these edits of him looking like anxious and right. frantic. Oh, Fran! He looked frantic. The Weird. whole video is real on the nose. Yeah, I will say that uh, the one plus side I liked about this video. There's a lot of time lapse footage in this video mm. that to me is really bitchin' looking. So maybe that's kind of... It's like Wayne using some tricks. Right. But mostly the, the treatment just wasn't... In, it, it's not an inspired treatment of the yeah. song. It's it's on the nose. It's a little lazy. Right. Oh, frantic, out of time. Oh, his lifestyle determines his death style. We'll just have a guy who's like an 80s Friday the 13th movie atoning for his teenage mm. sins. <laughs> he sleeps with different women, so he should be in a car crash. His right. life is a meaning. It's like, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, overall, whatever. I, I don't, it's kind of preachy for them. I don't care for this video. It's okay. Out of ten, what do you give it? Two. Yeah, uh, I'll give it a three. Two, a two, two. I would ring true to me. I'll, I'll give it a three just because I, I really love the time lapse, time lapse footage. <laughs> the time lapse taps really tips it over the edge of two. It, yeah, it just bumps it up a notch. Just hey, touch. I'm happy to move on. You want to move on? Hey, me too. Yes, let's do it. The unnamed feeling. What do you think? Um. You didn't even know this was a video, I right? I did not. It, so, it was, yeah, I mean, at this point, we're in 2008, 2009. The age of the video is over. I mean, the, the video really ended in, like, 2001 or two. Right. What do you Kinda, mean, 08, 09? When I'm sorry, I was thinking about Death Magnetic. <laughs> I was thinking about Broken, Beat, and Scarred. So this is 04. This is 04, yeah. Um, so that is... No, that 03, makes it, 03 it came out. That makes it even weirder because videos were still a thing. Yeah. But did this video just totally tank? It must have. Uh, the main reason that I had not seen this video was because of St. Anger. And I didn't get off the ride. I. Yeah, but maybe maybe I, you were also I, I an went to another, watching, I went to another car on, a tr- on the train. But maybe you weren't watching MTV also at the time. I, I, I was still watching some MTV stuff. At, at that point... A lot of reality shows have, had started to kind of infiltrate MTV, and, and it was becoming less about music. At the same time, I got St. Anger, and I was like, "This, I don't like this record. I was just kind of like... So I, at that time in my life, I, I was not paying attention to what Metallica was doing currently besides maybe touring or something. I was definitely not seeking out, oh, what video have they made? Because why would I want to watch a video for a record I don't care for? Yeah, you know? I mean... And that was me in 03. It was still early enough in internet days for me where I would have been interested in just seeing what they looked like and 
it still wasn't like the oversaturation of like I know what they look like every day. Right. So even a video of a song I didn't like, I'd want to like I'd be fascinated by just seeing the guys. Mm-hmm. And the video is okay. It's the it's directed by the Malloys, the the brothers director that did Saint Anger. There's some um, stuff in the video I like. So essentially, the band's performing in a room that's slowly closing in. Cool. I dig that. Pretty yeah, cool. Thought that was rad. Pretty creepy. They look cool. And the song's kind of about depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. and that's what that feels like. It's kind of an interesting image. And also, Clint does an amazing cover of it on our first EP. Uh, it's true. What it's can very I say? true. I'm not um, And then it's sort of interspersed with other people who were in anxious situations. The dude in the elevator. There's a chick who's pulling her hair out. And I it's think, pretty I think gritty. It, I think, again, this has to do with a lot of what Hetfield was going through at the time. Which yeah. is a lot of the lyrics on St. Anger like, about that. Yeah. <clears throat> that was one of my notes was that I love all those words that pop up on the screen. Yeah. Anxiety, depression, angst, whatever, like all these things that, are, that would go on in your head. I dig that because I think that's what Hetfield was going through when he wrote these lyrics. And that's the kind of video where maybe if it is a little heavy handed, it's, it's okay to me because a video like that helps people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're not making that one super metaphory. They're like, oh, right. people feel this way, and you don't have to feel so trapped by it. And right, exactly. All that stuff. I kind of felt like one of the notes I made was that it had a real like David Fincher Seven vibe. Mm-hmm. You know the movie Seven? Yep. Kevin Spacey, and it kind of has this industrial kind of grittiness to it. Yes, agreed. Well, you can tell we're film students, by the way. We oh, gosh, so eloquently yeah. describe <laughs> film. Jerry Maguire Seven. When Cameron Crowe is doing that scene, the, the help me help you scene. <laughs> yeah. Actually, coming to, to America, I mean. Dude, coming to America, man. I might watch that tonight. My son works. <laughs> <laughs> you may enter. I was just thinking about cleaning the royal penis. The royal penis is clean, your highness. <laughs> My son works. My son works. A goat herder. Every time I watch that movie, it was on TV that I watched it, of course. And uh, it's just so hard not to hear James Earl Jones and think of Darth Vader. Yeah, well, for me, I think of Mufasa. Oh, Mufasa, great, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to review Lion King, too? <laughs> sure. All right, well, maybe we can move on. Yeah, to... the, the uh, only other note I had was that there was a couple bad drum edits. Oh, yeah, I noticed that, too. It was that, and then also, I think I, I made a note of that on another song. can't remember where it was, but where it's kind of like one of those things where it's like uh, Lars is hitting a crash cymbal, but you, you hear a hi-hat. That stuff has always bugged me in music I, videos. I just like, get it right. I wish I could have a job where I'm just a consultant. Where you make sure... I, I totally agree. Totally. I'm just in charge of getting it right. Yeah, where I, I stop the whole show. Hey, whoa, cut, 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 cut. Hey, Lars... Uh, he's like, uh, yeah. Um, so you're hitting the crash symbol. This part of the song is a hi hat. He's gonna go, oh shit, I forgot. Sorry, man. Hey, all right, take. Here we go. See, again. I don't even see and it from that angle. Action. I don't even see it from that angle. I think when things don't line up, they're using an edit from another take. Oh, they are. That's what they're doing. I'm just saying. So I, I wouldn't I could... correct Lars. I would just find the right fucking edit of what we're lining the audio to. Well, they might have. Yeah, or I wouldn't have, use it. They might have either taken it from another take, or the, the musician actually was playing the wrong thing. Right. Um, it happens so much in videos and maybe it's a musician thing that we notice more than other people I don't know but I've I've noticed that stuff forever if I watch any video the first time and there's a there's a thing that's off where it's like oh you're not actually playing the it takes me out of it immediately yeah I, the uh, the movie That Thing You Do was on in the bus recently mm-hmm. and it was post show so we were all in a nice Great movie. nice frame of mind to watch it yeah 
And the thing we, the, our biggest takeaway all these years later, because that movie is just a, a pretty, wonderful, pretty it's flawless, magical, yeah. it's amazing. And it holds up. Very the songs well. hold up. Oh, yeah. Which they were written for that film. Yep. Tom Hanks even co wrote some of them. Yep. Uh, is that they really took the time to get everything they're singing and playing, yeah. even the bass player. Are the correct notes? Yep, and it's those. It's that attention to detail that I think really makes that movie hold up. Is like, yeah, and most of those dudes didn't know how to play instruments beforehand. Right, they, they, they learned le- it for the gig. Lessons, I know the yeah. drummer did. That Tom yeah. William Scott or whatever and Shades, Shades. Yeah. yeah, that's a wonderful movie. Uh, what's the line? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, there he goes. Uh, to write this uh, his song, hit song, uh, "Alone on My, my Principles." principles. Yeah. yeah, what a great movie. Let's, now, let's tack that on the list of movies we should review. Okay. The only other thing I do want to mention, I know our friend Bob O'Rourke is going to get a kick out of this. He's a huge horror freak. Okay. Is uh, there are these great little interspersed scenes of like a face singing through a wall. Mm-hmm. That's straight up Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Absolutely, yeah. Nancy's in the room, and she's but trying to sleep, and his face comes through and knocks the crucifix down. Yeah. I just thought that was nice. Whoever, uh, Wayne Isham is apparently, or I'm sorry, and the, the Malloys. Malloys. The Malloys. Malloys, Malloys. Malloys is cool. It's very Westworldish. Yeah, the Malloys. Hey, we're the Malloys. All right, the last video we're talking about some kind of monster. Not a lot to say. It's generally footage of the film, some kind of monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the them performing the whole record in HQ. Right, which is almost the best thing about Saint Anger. Yeah, it kind of goes back to the nothing else matters footage. The um, No Leaf Clover. They're taking something that already existed. It's like a commercial. It. Yeah, it's, it's like a commercial a, for the film. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. I mean, there, there's still cool moments. I mean, you get to see stuff we've already seen with the documentary, but you know, it's it's compiled. It's like a best of the footage, you know. And I, I, I thought it was interesting they inserted audio clips of yeah. like Lars going fuck. Yeah. You know the, the how do you describe your career? How do you sum up your career? The door that will not slam is <laughs> right. in there. And the sound of the girl going is in there, too. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think the biggest takeaway from the video is that you get to hear the... It's it's basically a remix, and mm-hmm. it's an edit. So, first of all, it's like three minutes shorter. Right. The drums have been either, like, triggered, the replaced. The replaced, yeah. It sounds way better. The guitars are more saturated. They're mm-hmm. less raw-sounding. They're a little more... They're more harmonics in the guitars. And you can hear on the vocals, they've been tuned a little more, and... There's there's some like kind of great sounding hard rock reverb and delay on mm-hmm. the vocal. Yeah, which and is I weird. gotta say, man, it makes the song a lot more bearable. Way more bearable. It, it, it this is one of those situations, like we talk about, like it'd be cool to hear the bass on Justice for All. Of course, it would be cool, but probably not gonna ever gonna happen. Right. But in this case, with this record, if they would have put this treatment on the whole record. It might have, you and know, they, it might have had a, a the, whole different. The thing acceptance. is, they still can, you know. Maybe that's a possibility for the box set for when we finally the get 30th to 30th anniversary to Saint Anger in 2033. Um, but you know, truncating the song and just tightening up guitars, vocals, and the drums, it just it really did make it a whole different experience. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want them wasting any time on that that otherwise might be spent making a new record or something. But right, yeah. Now, uh, so there's not much we kind of there's not much to say about some kind of yeah, monster. You've video. seen you've seen the documentary, you've seen the video. It's all the same footage. It's so just know. just to be thorough to put a cap on this. So this kind of ends. We're going to cover the videos they did for Death Magnetic, and we're also going to do all the hardwired stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have at least two, we're gonna, at least one more, but maybe two more parts of the series, the video Probably series. Probably two more. I mean, there's a there's a video for every song hardwired. But this ending with some kind of monster does sort of wrap up. They had an official release. 
in uh, December 4th of 2006 called The Videos, 1989 through 2004. Right. That chronicles every video we've talking, talked about on the whole series. And uh, it sold 28,000 copies in its first week of release, which was pretty good for 2006. Yeah, for videos, too. Had bonus tracks, had the two-of-one introduction, the one jamming version, the extra theatrical release of The Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. They had the, the yeah. scenes at the beginning. Right. And then the trailer for Some Kind of Monster. So that's yeah. that. If you have it on the DVD. The VHS. The Blu-ray. The what have The Laserdisc. I love Laserdiscs. They're like vinyl records, but they're like metal. Now, what we want to do, we've talked about, is this new Blackened Whiskey's come out. So the Metallica Whiskey's come out. Now, some people are saying that Daddy they feel like, like it's, a li- it's a little weird that Metallica's putting out a whiskey considering that the front man is sort of famously sober. When he's in the main promo photo. But what do you think? Uh, well, first of all... Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Ethan Luck of Metal Group Podcast weighs in on this very controversial matter. All right, here's Ethan, my, here's you've my heard thought. The, you've heard the, the gaff. What do you think? Yo, it's me, Rocky. That's no, what no, I think. not Rocky. I want to know what you think. Okay. Well, first of all, rewind a few years. They did a Metallica limited edition Budweiser. Yeah, in, in Canada. Canada. Yep. So it's not a new thing. It's not like all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing this. And I, here's the thing with James. Like, this is a personal choice for him to be so, sober. It's it's best for him, best for his family, best for his life. I'd imagine he's not the kind of person that's looking around at other people. It's like hardcore straight edge guys are like, you're a fucking asshole for drinking that whiskey or smoking that cigarette. I don't think he's that kind of guy. Clearly is not, I think, because, I mean, there's, I mean, Lars and, and Kirk and Robert will still drink wine and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I don't think he casts judgment on other people for drinking. Yeah. It's a personal choice for him, and I think that that's very meaningful to him. And I'm sure if it was a thing where it was like, let's say someone else in the band was struggling, struggling with alcoholism, and they were approached by this company and said, hey, we want to partner with you and do a Metallica whiskey. It, let's say, like, Robert was, you know, James knew, like, hey, you're you're really struggling with alcohol. I don't think he would have done it. I think that he doesn't pass judgment on other people for drinking, and he thought, sure, this is cool. I'm not gonna, I don't drink it. But, right. You know, but <laughs> I, put, I put my seal of approval on it. You know, there, there's plenty of people in this world that can drink and drink responsibly. And enjoy the taste of this. And most most of my friends that I know that have been in the program for a while and have been sober, they're pretty cool with all that. Very cool. And they I, don't. I have friends. Yeah, they're they're in a still, and they'll come to my house and we have a hangout or a birthday party or something, and everyone's drinking and they're fine. Well, because they understand it's it's their problem, you know. So, and you know, at a band that level, you know, microbreweries and beer and drinking is, right. is becoming this huge thing. And his, their people probably came and said, hey, you know, making a cool kind of boutique whiskey would be an interesting thing for you mm-hmm. guys to do. It could make yeah. you guys a lot of money. Right. And that, that they're signing off on it and getting behind it. It's yeah, fine. totally. And they know a lot of their... I think it's even cooler because they know a lot of their friends like to drink whiskey, me and right. you included. I'm sure that Hetfield is friends with people that still drink. For all I know, his wife still has a glass of wine every night. Right. I have a very close friend who's been sober for, let's see, I want to say 15 years. And his wife still drinks, right? Not heavily, not like she's. Well, she's know, probably not an alcoholic, so. right? No, but she'll like you know like we've gone out and like he's not drinking, and she'll have a glass or two of wine over dinner, and it's fine, you know. Um, 
I don't, you know, people, when they, they posted about it, I read through a bunch of comments, and people were like, oh, I can't believe they would do this when James is sober. It's not like they held James down and said, hey, motherfucker, we're doing this. We don't care if you like it or not. No, I mean, Headfield is like the last one to sign off on anything. Yeah, and I, and I, don't, I think even beyond that, it, I don't think it was hypocritical or anything of him. No, I don't think so at all. The I reason also I think that he's such a purist with a lot of things in life that he probably looked at it and said, like, like I can appreciate the fact that you guys are taking this much time and care and effort into making this something special. Yeah, he's big into like, cra- like he's big into craftsmanship. Right, exactly. You know, like with him with his hot rods, it's like right. He's not going to buy a hot rod and like modify the tires and, and say, "Oh, this is great." He's, he's going to go through every detail of that thing. So I think he appreciates the fact that yeah, they partnered with somebody and made this thing exactly what what it was meant to be or what they wanted. Yeah, he's not going to drink it. He's not, you know, like. I don't know. I, I, I think people seem to chill out when they think, say he's hypocritical. Yeah, I agree. And on the heels of that, the reason I bring it up is because Paul Moak texted us when it was mm-hmm. announced, and he had the idea that we get a bottle for ourselves and we review it right. while talking about other merch they've done or other like product placement, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. <clears throat> and then we get a bottle and give it to uh, give it out as a gift or like a yeah. prize. So we're going to do that. That's going to be fun coming up. Totally. Um I already went to my local liquor store the other day and asked them if they got it yet because I didn't I hadn't done a bunch of research yet to see if it has been like released nationally. Mm-hmm. But I talked to one of the guys at my local liquor store here in East Nashville, Main Street Liquors, by the way. Um, asked them about it and they're like, "Oh, we haven't heard of it yet." They're like Metallica did this with the whiskey. I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "We'll be looking out for it. We'll get it in and we'll save you a bottle." There we go. So, um, yeah, I'm down. Uh, I do know that uh, my buddy Wes that works for Metallica doing the tuning room stuff. Um, uh, the other day before the Madison show, the the whole crew got a bottle. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. He sent me a picture of it. Very cool. Yeah, I was jealous. Good for him, man. Oh, yeah. I feel like, personally, I'm going to buy a bottle just to keep and not open. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. It's the same, same way as, like, you know, the, the, some of the toys I collect I've never taken out of the box. Yeah, Just I hang on to it. Yep. You know, it'll be, it'll be a nice shelf piece. <laughs> um, you know, but a we'll, good conversation style. Oh, good. Uh, people can be like, what is this blackened thing? Did they make it in a black but it's, dark but it's cave? Brown. It's not black, honey. It's brown. That's right. If you want to make a thing, an alcoholic beverage called blackened, like partner with Jägermeister or something, <laughs> put some put some ebony black licorice in oh, it, honey. It'll turn it black or, or, or fernet or something. Some, you know, get the ink of an octopus and put it in there. It'll black. <laughs> The ink of an octopus. That's all I could think of, that man. Would, that was perfect. Having had that brilliant idea, should we let the good people go? Let's let them go. What should we tell them before we split? We should tell them that, um, I don't know, things are good. We're having a good time in life and in the podcast. Go check out the review episode. We're going to be doing these uh, Metal Tales from the Road yeah. series. It's going to be fun. Yeah, our first episode with Sarah Sobek is, is up and live. If you want to get in on that and be our correspondent out in the field, as it were, Go to patreon.com slash metal up your podcast. Even if you give us a dollar a month, it's $10 a year. It's mm-hmm. less than a cup of coffee. That'll get you in that running. Plus, you'll get other perks yeah. that we have over there at Patreon. Go totally. check it out. Leave us the iTunes review if you want or don't. I don't know. Don't do it. Come hit us up. On this. I dare you not to. Let's just, let's just say this week, don't do it. I don't want to see it. Like, hey, I don't, don't s- eat those cookies. Oh, you're going to eat them. I, I honestly, I know how many we're at right now. I don't want to see that number grow at all. Do not go leave the review. <laughs> Do Don't not write in the subject. I'm leaving the review despite you. Do not touch the hot stove. Um, I think that's about it. We got busy times. We're both busy as shit. Yeah. Uh, but we're dedicated to the show and we're having a good happen. time. And yeah. 
Yeah, we're actually going to get together in, in like two days from now and record an episode for next week just because I'm We're taking on vac- care of you guys. We take- we love you guys. We're taking care of you guys. I'm going on vacation this weekend with my wife. Well deserved. And a couple well of friends. And going down to the beach, going down to Gulf Shores. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. I was just in PCB. You were? Were you TCB down there? I was watching the BBC while rigging up some TNT so I could watch my favorite DVD, which is The Godfather. <laughs> On the channel TNT. Right. Um, We love you guys. We thank you for listening, as always. Uh, We're fastly approaching our two-year mark, and we'll get into more detail about that later, about our Metallica uh, pre-party, all that stuff. Uh, We're going to organize it in the next few months, and uh, we're going to make it fun and special for all you guys, and we can't wait to see you there. And uh, keep listening. Keep supporting us. We love it. We uh, love the interaction. And uh, I think that's about it. That's about it. Let's get out of here. Peace. Adios. If you were our advisor, what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs>